Hello, I'm JR, and welcome to this new Single Scoop episode. Today, I'm joined by Min. Hello. And Old R. Howdy. And we're going to be talking about the 2007 idol movie Attack on the Pinup Boys, which starred the boy group Super Junior. Just a warning, this episode will contain spoilers, so if you want to see it before hearing us talk about it, the whole movie has been uploaded onto YouTube with English subtitles. Luckily, it's very accessible, which is very nice for international fans. But if you're ready to hear our thoughts on it, here it is. So Min, why don't you tell us about the plot? So, Attack on the Pinup Boys revolves around the members of the boy group Super Junior being high school students, and they're all involved in the suspicious case of good-looking teens being attacked, then later rising to be celebrities. Due to a teen blogger documenting these attacks, it is eventually picked up by the media and causes students to wonder who's gonna be the next victim. It's probably <laughs> obvious at this point, but like the Suski's 17 movie, this is not a fictionalized tale of the member's pre-debut, which could have been interesting, but just a story made up <laughs> with the characters played by the members to be fun. It was fun. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> It was released in theaters on July 26, 2007. It starred most of Super Junior's members who were in the group at the time. Unfortunately, Kyuhyun doesn't appear at all, and Ituk only appears at the end due to them recovering from the serious car wreck they had been in, along with Shindong and Unyuk, a few months prior. It was produced by Isuman, unsurprisingly, and the executive producers were Han Se-min and Kim Young-min, who have both been at SM for years in various capacities, and their names have come up in the recent SM dispute, but for this film, Han Se-min is an important name because that was who was the CEO of SM Pictures at the time. Unrelated to that drama, this movie was directed by Lee Kwan, who worked on other projects you might be familiar with, such as EXO Next Door and Shut Up Flower Boy Band. Both of them? Highly recommend it. Yeah, Exo Next Door is so much fun. It is. That one's another idol show, obviously, but Shut Up Flower Boy Band is an actual K-drama that actually has a few K-pop idols in it. But that came years later. Anyway, let's talk about some notable actors. Aside from the members of Super Junior, Hwam Byung-il played the principal of Paran High School and has been acting since 1968. He's been in more than 100 plays and has been in several movies as well. Sadly, he passed away earlier this year on March 12th. Another actor we want to mention is Jung In-gi. He played the Yudo Club coach and has a very long filmography list. Among his many credits, earlier this year he was in I Am Here, which I believe is a movie. Yeah, I think so. As mentioned before, this movie starred the members of Super Junior. The main characters are Kibum and Tonge, who are friends in the same class. Kibum owns a website that investigates and reports on the attacks, while Tonge ends up cracking the case. The first three victims were Sungmin, a popular guy from Gotham High, Hangung, a basketball player from Gosung High, and Yesung, a rock star from Nadam High. After the third attack, Kibum speculates that the next attack will be someone from Nuopalan High, which he attends along with Tonge and the rest of the members. The three potential targets are Shiwon, the student body president, Kangin, the judo club's captain, and Hichul, a popular member of the dance club, Ultra Junior. As for the other members, Yowook is a member of the student council under Shiwon, and some places say that he was vice president, but I've not seen confirmation from the Korean side, so... Woo. 
Shindong is on the dance team of Tonge and Hichol. Eunyuk is a member of the judo club of Kangin and Panda, which, yes, Panda is considered to be a student, and at the end, he's revealed to be Super Junior's leader, Ituk. <laughs> Before their official debuts, there are a few SM idols who appear in this film. Shiny's key can be seen dancing in the end performance for Wonder Boy, and once you figure out where he is, he's very easy to spot and he's pretty funny to watch. Exo Suho was a member of Yesung's band. And according to English sources that are not backed up by screenshots or anything from the Korean side, apparently Super Junior's Henry is also in there, which would make sense for timing as he was in Donton, which was released on the same day as the physical copy of the DVD for this movie. However, we were not able to confirm that at this time, so it might be another K-pop situation. However, the final idol who needs to be mentioned is Girls' Generation's Yuri. She's one of the ballerinas in the ballet club, and she later switches to the dance club. Her inclusion and the timing of this movie's release is interesting to note, because this was right before Girls' Generation debuted. Alrighty, now that we have all that out of the way, why don't we talk about what we liked and disliked? First off, I personally was very impressed with the production value that this movie had. It seemed like people actually thought through the scenes and how they would look prior to filming. You could tell there was blocking involved, probably some storyboarding given a handful of scenes. Some of these scenes you could not just throw people onto the set and tell them to just do whatever. Like you had to tell people where to be. And sometimes idol media is not so thoughtful. <laughs> so I was just incredibly impressed with that. They did a little planning. Who thought? Yeah. That's some plan. <laughs> I know. It's like you can have something quality when you sit down and think about it for longer than two minutes. <laughs> it's definitely better looking than Emergency Act 19 and 17. Of course, they had the budget. Mm -hmm. And with SM acquiring SM Pictures, which was actually another studio, and then they bought it, so then they had, you know, in-house DVD. It enabled them, I feel like, to have more access to resources. And also compared to 17 and Age of Peace, Emergency Act 19, this was during second gen. This was when companies were starting to train idols in acting. So it's very different compared to other movies we've talked about in the similar genre. Yes, yes. As you probably have guessed, this is a comedy. And it's a <laughs> comedy from 2007. And the wonderful year of 2007 gave us comedy hits such as The Bee Movie, Shrek the Third, The Simpsons Movie. So 07 was kind of a weird time, but the comedy that they chose to go for fits their vibe pretty well, mm -hmm. though I'm not a comedy aficionado. But this particular style of comedy has gone a little bit out of fashion. So seeing things from this era is kind of nostalgic to me because you don't get this particular type of like random comedy anymore. Right. Which might be good, might be bad. But you know, it was a watch and it had fun moments. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like kind of like a, almost like a Nickelodeon movie almost. I'm glad you mentioned that because Isuman marketed it as being a children's movie. And he was very, really, he said over and over, it's not an idol movie. It's a children's movie because he so said funny. he wanted it to resonate with kids who were like about sixth grade. And like the timing of this was during summer holidays. And so they were hoping to mm -hmm. get kids in the theater, but instead it was mostly taken up the seats 
were mostly taken up by Super Junior fans. So it did not break the, I know, right, the Idol Mold movie, which he wanted to get so far away from, which, kind of pretentious. You run a company with idols as, like, your main income. Why are you so, like, oh, no, we want a distance from that. Shut up. (laughs) These are your idols. That's also really stupid because he, it's literally centered around one of his biggest idol groups. Like, what, what, what is the thought process there? Like, are you are you surprised that ELFs came and showed up for their favorite members and their favorite group? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, like, even if you're not a stan of a particular member, you can still really enjoy their appearance. Like, the Owook yeah. is one of my favorites in the movie. He is so funny, and I've never seen him act like that since. Mm-hmm. It's fun for everyone, no matter what your fave is. Unless you're an Ituk or Kyuhyun stan, then <laughs> no, you lost. <laughs> Yeah. So this is a children's movie. Would this then be the stepping stone for the Wonder Girls movie? Ooh, I don't think so. Well, it's, it kind of, <laughs> like, it's not the same, but it has the same targeted audience, just right. American. Like, if this was made for America, <laughs> it would be the Wonder Girls movie. Right, but the difference is that that was actually produced with Nickelodeon, an actual children's network. <laughs> And, t- and teens network mm. whereas this was right, sm right. like most of the audience like obviously they have fans as young as kids up to adults obviously but the fact that they just wanted to market this to kids instead of a teenage demographic which super junior had a ton of teenage fans and also young adult fans like who does he think bought stock <laughs> like when they did that whole right. thing it was the early days they didn't know what they were doing <laughs> They only know that they wanted the money. <laughs> no, they should have known by then. Because HOT wasn't, like, as far back as them, they knew that they had a wider audience instead of just teenagers that they were appealing to. And then they were marketing outside of that, but... Mm-hmm. When are we going to watch the Wonder Girls TV show and movies? I know, I was going to When we have time, because I love that movie. <laughs> you also have not seen any of the TVXQ stuff, though. You Like, you need to see that, because it's... <sighs> You think that this is something. Wait till you see what they got up to. Because those were referenced when I was looking up articles about this, which is hilarious. Also, the director for this, get this. So he did this, Exo Next Door, and a couple other ones. But he had not seen Seventeen. He said that in an interview. He went, oh, yeah, I know oh about goodness. it, but I didn't do it. It's like, this is literally your niche. <laughs> what do you mean you hadn't seen it? <laughs> I understand not seeing Age of Peace. I don't understand not seeing Seventeen. That's funny. Why don't you give us a like, old R? My likes are all just about the members. As a mm. Yesung stan, I like him as a rock star. I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And also, it's so easy to pick him out in the movie, even in like <laughs> large group shots, because no one else dresses like him with like the black and gold graphic tee. He's got like this long black coat over him, and then he's got these red pants. They're, I think, plaid. And then his white and black shoes. Like, he really stands out compared to everyone else who's mostly wearing blue. So I just right. enjoy Rockstar Yesung. Especially, I think it was 2009 or maybe 2010. He was in a musical. And it's like, ooh, Yesung being a rock star. I'm interested in this. Or at least be more edgier because, like, in KRY and a lot of Super Junior stuff, he does have very soft voice. But then... Right. His solo stuff is all like ballad and pop, which is like, Rockstar win. He's got range. He does have a great range. 
and it was so fun seeing him as a rock star. I loved it. I was not expecting that, but I am very thankful for it. So, yes. Mm -hmm. JR, what about you? That kind of ties in to what I was going to say next, which is I feel like the members actually were trying to act. My my overall opinion of this is everyone put effort into <laughs> the work. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my that's my overall thoughts. And I think that it adds to the charm. Like there no one's trying too hard. I want right. to admit like nobody's taking themselves too seriously which is perfect for a comedy like this but I was just really impressed with the I mean the acting wasn't fantastic but I was impressed with the fact that they were trying to make it an actual movie <laughs> so well not also the difference between this of course and versus like 17 is that they actually had acting lessons like it wasn't the HOT mm -hmm, situation right. where they were like Get on stage. We, we gave you food. Yeah. Go. And at that point, a handful of the Super Junior members had acted in actual, right. like this is an actual production, but they had acted in more serious formal roles prior to this. So they had some experience to glean from. <laughs> yeah. Like Shiwon was in Spring Waltz. He had a minor role, but he was still in mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Kibum and Hichol had Rainbow Romance. I'm blanking on... I know that that's not the only... That's not where, like, the acting ends for them. But they did have right, experience right. outside of, you know, idol movies, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the dancing. Yeah. Like, dancing <laughs> has changed a lot, especially for K-pop idols, but, like, it's cute. Is it as impressive now as it kinda was back then? No. But I still like it. It was fun. I miss this kind of dance style. <laughs> it felt like something a big group could do. Like, it felt very much like if you were a fan, you could pick it up much easier than stuff nowadays. Which is not always very fan-centric. It's more about being challenging, which isn't fun. Uh, it's, it's shifting, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> it is, yes. Does anybody have any more positives, or should we go over to the negatives? <laughs> I just want to mention one more. Yeah, go for it. So the last thing that I personally want to mention is Unyuk because I had seen this movie back in 2008, but I didn't realize how much of a plot driver he is and how he instigates stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. That wasn't something that I remembered from his character. So I just felt like Unyuk's role was far more impactful than I would have mm. expected from him, especially because there are so many members and so many members who were doing big things in the movie. And I felt like his part was something that if it hadn't been there, the movie would have struggled with moving. So, respect. Mm -hmm. Again, decent yeah. acting. Was not expecting that. Yeah. And again, I feel like that ties into my last like of this movie, which was, I think they used the members fairly well throughout the whole thing. I mean, like, besides a couple of members who really did not have a lot of screen time, everyone had a good amount of lines, a good amount of screen time, like I said, even if they weren't main characters. So I feel like Hangung and Yesung were really the only ones that didn't get too much to do. They really had their singular scenes and they were kind of like, okay, we're good with them. But otherwise, given how many members Super Junior has, even with Itook and Kyuhyun not being present, that's a lot of members. So the fact that they were able to space it out 
somewhat evenly was impressive, in my opinion. But I have a bit of beef with that statement, which let's get into what we disliked. So, JR, you start us off again. Okay, so kind of spoilers. I found the ending to be incredibly anticlimactic. <laughs> there was a lot of setup, which most of the movie is set up. And then the payoff was just very little. Very little happened at the payoff. It kind of lost steam by the end of it because Tonghei's character realizes who the blogger is and who the attacker is. And he's like, hey make me the next one. And then it just kind of ends. He gets popular for being the next attacky. There, Everyone's like, cool, great. And then they stop happening. The attacks stop happening. And everyone's like, okay, we survived that, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess that's where we end. <laughs> but I think the beginning in a way makes up for it because it, it's, it's well paced up until I'd say a little over halfway through. And I think that was something that was also a thing of the early and mid-2000s in Korean movies. Like, mm. I, I've seen a couple of them. Like, My Boyfriend's Type B, which was the first Korean movie I got. Awful. Don't actually watch it. But it was <laughs> the same thing. And there's a couple others, which I will not mention because another kind of beloved. Where it's like the person who made the movie had, like, these certain scenes in mind. And they put them all at the front. And then they just don't know what to do with the rest of the movie. Like, what should have yeah. been, like, a YouTube short... They had to turn into an hour and a half film and they didn't know what to do with that. That's what it kind of felt like. I agree. But I feel like they kind of revived it with the end with the music video and then the post-credits scene. Well, pre-credits scene. Yeah, I, li I like the music video. I mean, you seem to have similar thoughts. <laughs> yeah, the movie was pretty much all set up and not much payout of it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's not... The worst movie I've seen that happen to. But it is something. Uh, my <laughs> only other, like, thing is that it is from the mid to late 2000s, so stereotypes are what this thing relies on. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. that is the plot of the movie, basically. Which, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, is fine. But some of the things are a little bit mean. But it's not overly bad. It's more just like, ah... You wouldn't do that today. <laughs> We're kind of over yeah. this now. And for good reason, you wouldn't do it today. <laughs> yeah. Things have changed since yeah. then, which is nice. But again, it's not the worst of stereotype movies there is either. Like, it's fine. It It is fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does something to make more trash like this. That would be funny. Oh, uh, I'd love it. NCT would be good. And still yeah, be great. hilarious, dude. <laughs> Especially if you have all, like, what? Well, now it's not 23 anymore because you've got the three 20, new people 26? coming around. 26? Yeah. I think it's 26. Do it. Do it. <laughs> like, this format, which is all of them, that would be interesting. <laughs> It'd have to be a mini drama. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it, you couldn't do a movie like this. I feel like you would have to do a mini drama. I mean, they're due for another piece of idol content like this. Exo Next Door came out maybe almost a decade ago now yeah, almost yeah. if not 2014 maybe nine years we're due but don't be a coward and only put in like one two seven or dream put in all mm -hmm. the units put everyone in there don't be a coward 
Let's take the whole SM family and shove it into a movie and just see what happens. <laughs> That's Emergency Act 19. All of them. <laughs> Emergency Act 19, but well, modern. SM. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that the dude who made that passed away, so we could do that. We, this can happen. We need to push for Would it. would be funny. We need more train wrecks. Yeah. We need SM to go back to their roots of being train wrecks. <laughs> no, we don't. But That's we do. not just in management. I mean, they're kind of wrecking at the moment. Just Yeah, but not management. It's a different kind of wreck now. <laughs> Well, that's the same wreck that they've had since first gen, which is wild. Like, reading through the news, and it's like, oh, hi, I remember you from SM Studios. You ran for the hills. Nice to see you back. Hilarious. And being involved. And, like, it's wild. Absolutely hilarious. It's such a mess. Uh, let's never do an SM and episode. Let's <laughs> just not. No. Uh, and that will never <laughs> what is What is the, the, the saying? Those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat, doomed to repeat it, it and, and SM yeah. loves that's SM. <laughs> to erase their history so they, they just wiped out more people from their history yeah. part of their website more people from SM Studios they're reaping what like they've they sown <laughs> yeah it's so funny which we're gonna have to do a whole episode yeah. on the history of just SM management shenanigans because it's funny like I shouldn't be laughing over it because some of it's very serious but how much of it, and it's just, like, the people, it's like, you are adults, like, in your 50s who studied economics, and you're acting a lot like mean girls. Like, a lot of the theatrics. It's like, you're a 50-something-year-old man in economics. What are you doing? It's wild. <laughs> but that's for another time. Okay, let's talk about my beefs with this movie. Because, again, I first saw this in 2008, so I have statements. First of all, the premise with the weapon of attack is pretty gross. Like, I get that it was supposed to be geared to kids, but at the same time that the assumption that kids would enjoy this, just like, oh, we're going to include that just so that way we can get, like, the kids' demographic into the theater, that's pretty demeaning to kids. Well, it's still ongoing, though. Have you seen Oopsie Poopsie Toys? Have you seen children's toys? But them hinging on that to bring in kids... And they were trying to make it not an idol movie. They'd prefer going that route. And they thought that's how they were going to accomplish it. Really? Yeah, that was the wow. choice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was what got me. It's like, that's stupid. Especially since it didn't pay off <laughs> the way that they thought it would. So that's my first beef. But that's just a side beef. But my main point of contention, though, is the timing of this film. Because I know that the people involved with it said they wanted it to be a summer movie. But then why not wait till next year? So that way they could include the two members who were missing due to a serious car wreck. Especially since Etook was supposed to be in Heechul's role, where he was, you know, like the dance person, one of the people who could possibly be attacked. That's kind of pivotal. And then at the end, he was not included in the movie at all until the end. But get this, though. His appearance at the end with the panda costume, that was not originally supposed to be a reveal of him at the end. That was something the Super Junior members asked for and requested for. They're like, hey, our leader, he's out of the hospital. He's kind of moving around. Let's bring him in. Why are we keeping him out? So I felt like that was kind of blown off. And then there's no mention of Kyuhyun when they had done filming. And there are pictures of Kyuhyun on set dressed up in the role that was given to Hangung. Hangung's original role was to be, there's a part where Sungmin is a news reporter at the school. That was supposed to be Hong Kong. It was supposed to be a foreign reporter and it was supposed to be him. 
So the fact that they couldn't even have like throwaway lines like, hey, I'm going to go visit Kyuhyun at the hospital later or where's Kyuhyun? Oh, you know, they couldn't do that, but they could do a throwaway line of Boa? Excuse me? And then I know that this also is the timing of Super Junior's second album coming out, which was the same day as the DVD release. And also that SNSD's Yuri was in here and it was right before she debuted and it wanted to create interest for her probably. But since it was a movie for Super Junior, they really should have included all the members who were there at the time and been more for them. And to me as a fan, that made this movie age poorly. And whereas like Emergency Act 19, it gets funnier the longer time goes on and to an extent so does 17. <laughs> this one just feels more and more sad over time, especially since Kyuhyun and Itook were there longer than like Kibum, pieced out pretty mm-hmm. early on. You know, it just does not age well, especially if you're a newer fan. And then you go back and watch their older stuff and you see this, you're gonna be like, why? So that just bugs me. Agreed. So what about the music in this movie? It's good music. Yeah. This film has an OST, which is a single that was released on July 26, 2007. And the title track is Wonder Boy, which is a bright song that appears during the credits, which is performed by the members and the students of the school as backup dancers. The group has performed this song on places like Music Corps in 2007, as well as at multiple Super Show concerts. The other track for this OST is the rock song, Are You Ready? This one is sung by Yesung during his segment of the film. Unfortunately, this song isn't performed often enough, in our opinion, as his voice fits the song incredibly well. More rock, Yesung. Please and thank you. And finally, even though those are the official tracks for the album, if you're well-versed in SM releases, you'll recognize small snippets of Shinwa's Perfect Man, Super Junior's You, and Super Junior T's Rokuko that are included in various scenes throughout the film. I love Super Junior T representation. Yes. It was a good time. It was trot, yeah. yeah. And especially since Sung Min, at the time of this recording, is about to debut as a trot singer, it fits so well. And also, like, if you're <laughs> looking at a lot of his appearances, it's like, that boy was made for trot. And I hope that he gets <laughs> better reception, because, like, yes, he was kind of a popular member of Super Junior, but it was like he was not part of, like, the dance line. He was not part of the vocal line. Like, he could fit anywhere, but he was never in anywhere. So mm-hmm. I just feel like he was underutilized. We need to see you trot come back. Yes. Yes. And a Sugu happy comeback. Is that what they were called? <laughs> yeah, Super Junior Happy, Super Junior Trot, Super Junior M. Yeah. It was Super Junior M supposedly supposed to have something, but I don't remember the specifics of what I heard from ELFs. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing. need the dumb subunits back. I know that they're in their adulthood. I don't know how old they are. Are they in their 40s? 30s. Are these Late grown 30s. men now? <laughs> They've been grown. By the time Happy came out, yes. <laughs> Which, if you're a fan of NCT, you're going to be going, huh, this looks familiar when you look at Super Junior units. Like, Happy looks a lot like Dream, like some like the song, the way the song is. Our Super Junior M is a lot like Wavy, with how, like, they're promoted. Well, yeah, but Super Junior H was very targeted towards children. But I would still love to see these old men do that again. That would be hilarious, and I... SM needs to bring the, their subunits back. <laughs> I think that they do it for Super Junior show performances, but like not like we've had anything new, which is tragic. Because Lokugo was a moment. 
That was my ringtone for like a year because I loved it so much. It's so funny. It's, it's so, so catchy. Good. Yeah. Anyway, throughout with this episode, Attack on the Pinup Boys is a strange but notable film starring Super Junior. As we previously covered Seventeen and Emergency Act 19, which I wasn't a part of because I was <gasps> traveling. We keep trying to bring you into it. <laughs> You need to see it at some point. We're gonna sit you down and make you watch it because it's fun. You know enough about. If I ever come to America, then we can watch it together and eat popcorn. That's a (laughs) random place to do it, but okay. Well, then I could like meet you. It would be a shared experience. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Yes, and since Oldar had a physical copy of this movie, we wanted to discuss it, so we did, and that was this episode. Alrighty, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about us, and review us on Podchaser. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSombase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, a very special announcement, we are starting up the main podcast again next month in July, so keep a lookout for information related to that. Okay, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.